0: hi i'm casey mitchell with mitchell cattle company in tyler texas you're listening to the latest news in texas agriculture on texas ag today
1: welcome to texas ag today a daily look at the latest news in texas agriculture texas ag today is produced by the texas farm bureau radio network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin.
2: Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state of the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, silage production is very important here in Texas, especially for feedlots and dairies. So what effect has the drought had on silage production this year? We'll take a look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin, I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: The new beef plant coming to Amarillo is estimated to be worth $670 million. That's an impressive figure, but it sounds like it's going to be an impressive facility. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: The Natural Resources Conservation Service continues its wide array of programs for landowners, farmers, and ranchers, including an urban and small farm agriculture program. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on this program and other NRCS conservation efforts on Texas Ag Today. It's
5: easy to see the cities here in Texas growing by leaps and bounds as we drive across the state, but that growth comes at a price. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I'll tell you about it in today's report from the Rolling Plains.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Silage is very important to Texas feedlots and dairies, but like every other sector of Texas agriculture, crops to harvest for silage are in short supply this year. Jay Proctor is a custom silage harvester from Lingleville, Texas. He harvests silage crops from the Mexican border to southwest Kansas, and this year he is feeling the pinch.
6: The drought has been horrible. Now, I've been at this almost 30 years. This year is the first year that I virtually did not do anything at home in the spring. It was so dry, so bad. We went to Kansas, our particular area, the crops were down probably 30 to 40%. In other places they were down 70, 80%. Our crops at home this year were horrendous, down 80, 90%. Some places virtually nothing. I have some that we'll never harvest. You know, there's simply nothing there.
2: Proctor chops a variety of crops for silage, from wheat and oats to corn and milo. And even though his business is down this year, the value of silage is higher than ever.
6: You know, the silage is extremely important in this drought situation. It's a, it's a product that can uh, can fit well, and it's we can make it out of some products, some crops that are not premium quality crops. And that helps in a situation like the drought here. So we can take some stress product, some stressed corn, stress sorghum, and some other things, but we can make a pretty nice product out of it that these guys can definitely use to feed their animals.
2: Custom silage harvester Jay Proctor from Lingleville, Texas. Beef demand seems to be holding steady despite a very high plateau in beef prices. That's according to Tyler Cousins, agricultural economist at the Livestock Marketing Information Center. In June, retail beef prices were $7.66 per pound. This is up 20 cents per pound from last year. The record price that we have seen for beef actually occurred in October of 2021, and that was $7.90. Cousin says July prices are expected to remain high based on what we're seeing as far as wholesale prices that have occurred over the last month. And in the face of inflation and the slowing of herd rebuilding, beef prices remain elevated and domestic beef demand is holding strong. This inflationary environment that we're living in, coupled with the slowing in herd rebuilding efforts, keep the prices elevated. But domestic beef demand is still holding strong in the face of those challenges. It's just, what's the tipping point here? I think we would have expected that to occur a little bit sooner, but consumers still seem to be buying their beef. I think they like consuming that at home, and they learned how to cook it. Cousin says foreign demand of exports of beef are a key piece of the demand picture, as strong beef exports are supportive for domestic prices. The new beef plant coming to Amarillo is estimated to be worth $670 million. James Hunt tells us it should
3: be an impressive facility. Groundbreaking for the producer-owned beef plant is anticipated to take place early next year. What we've been told to expect when it's all said and done is a state-of-the-art facility worth $670 million. Cassie Fish is the executive vice president of producer-owned beef Here's her description of the various attributes that will make this an exceptional plant.
7: Energy efficiencies, the design to move people in and out of the plant, wide hallways,
2: natural light, natural light in the welfare areas, the lunchroom areas, appearance of the building. If you've had a chance to see a picture of the rendering, this is going to have,
7: you know, almost the feel of a high school. So we're able to bring, you know, all of that, you know, top quality air handlers, So we don't have any odor issues, a really advanced wastewater treatment facility that's going to clean the water up beyond stream discharge so that we can actually farm with it. We were blessed to be awarded about 1,000 acres on the east side of Amarillo, and we intend to put in some center pivots and actually raise hay in the summer and winter crop in the winter, rye, or wheat with our water, so we can basically produce forage for silage.
3: So as we've just heard from Cassie Fish, there's a lot going into this plant, which is scheduled to begin operations in the fourth quarter of 2025. And Fish says for people who work there, producer-owned beef wants to provide some special things like being able to take meals home and even do banking on site. When it reaches full capacity, the plant is projected to provide up to 1,600 jobs. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The Texas Natural Resources and Conservation Service is working to
4: expand their reach across Texas. Tom Nicoletti has more. On the line today from Temple is Rob Zier, Assistant State Conservationist for Partnerships with the Natural Resources Conservation Service. Zier talks about the continuing outreach programs provided by NRCS to agricultural producers.
7: So it's important to us to make sure that all of our customers are treated fairly and equitably and they all have fair access to our programs. And so we're utilizing our partners to help us in in providing that outreach to reach organizations and groups that we've never met before and to just let them know about our programs and what our agency can provide to help them and help the private landowners to achieve their goals and objectives.
4: Now, another area uh, that this program targets is urban and small farm agriculture when it comes to uh, conservation uh, practices.
7: Correct. Urban and small farm agriculture is, is a new entity that we are jumping into. With the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill, we were directed to provide that assistance in urban areas, and we're certainly grateful and happy to do that. So we are working with our urban partners to identify areas where we can provide that assistance on a different scale. Last year, we were fortunate to award funding with Texas a and AgriLife and Texas Wildlife Association, where they have developed a program to reach out to the small acreage landowners and their program they titled it were small acres big opportunities where they are showing the different landowners what type of assistance that they can do whether it be provide wildlife habitat or conservation treatment on smaller landscapes.
4: That is Rob Zier with the Natural Resources Conservation Service. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Texas cities are growing quickly, but Barry Mahler says that growth comes with a price.
5: American Farmland Trust recently released a new report about the ramifications of the loss of U.S. farm and ranch land and whether it could make the country's food security vulnerable. Now, there's been quite a bit of discussion about this recently with a push for green energy transitioning farm and ranch land into wind and solar farms and, of course, urban sprawl across the country gobbling up farmland on a daily basis. According to the USDA, the number of farms in the U.S. in 2019, which is the latest data available, is 2,034,000 farms, totaling 897 million acres. Now, with a number that large, it's easy to shrug off any notion that we're in any danger of threatening our ability to raise food. But the trend is worth taking note of. The report also noted that from 2018 to 2019, that the acreage had decreased by 2,100,000 acres in just one year. Now, that's 5,753 acres a day, 365 days a year. There's no reason to think that that number is decreased, so in just a few years, that turns into a significant loss. Now, the change of use is easy to see. During a generational change, fewer people are either willing to farm or able to financially own the land, so it usually is absorbed by neighboring operation, or if the location is convenient, it gets covered in asphalt, concrete, and houses. So the math shows us that there doesn't seem to be an immediate threat to agriculture production, but the trend will catch us sometime out in the future. So what's the answer? Well, I like the response of the Natural Resources Conservation Service of USDA. Their approach is to at least slow down the loss. As well as protecting our land from wind and water erosion, the NRCS is working to protect the land with conservation easements. This public-private partnership has already placed 5,334 easements on nearly 1.7 million acres with another. 500 or so pending that will protect another 435,000 acres. Now, these easements help landowners be assured that the family land will remain available for ag production in the future. Obviously, there's still work to be done, but at least we're having the conversation now and trying to put some measures in place before we wake up one day with empty shelves at the grocery store. Reporting from North Central Texas, I'm Barry Mahler for Texas Ag Today.
8: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is gearing up for its annual big-time Texas hunts drawing. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details on how you can enter to win on today's Texas Ag Today.
2: And the microorganisms in a foal's digestive tract are very important for their health. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd talks more about that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at TexasFarmBureau.org.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture
2: on Texas Ag Today. The microorganisms in a foal's digestive tract are important for intestinal health. Dr. Bob
0: Judd tells why. It is estimated there are 100 trillion microbial cells in the 70-foot-long equine gastrointestinal tract. Scientists consider all of these GI microbes, also called the microbiota, a metabolic organ of its own, as these microbes have a direct impact on the overall well-being of the animal. The gut microbiome is constantly changing in humans, and the same occurs in foals. Dr. Mariel Moore Collier indicates in the horse publication that the antibodies in the first milk are critical as early defense against disease, and the foal gets some microbes from the first milk. The organisms present depend on the food source, as some organisms thrive when milk is the main food source. As the foal ingests new food sources, the microbiome changes. Foals will come in contact with disease-producing organisms as part of everyday life and can pick up diseases from other horses. Also, if the foal is in an environment where antimicrobials are used, resistant bacteria can develop. For gut health, it is recommended to keep your facility as clean as possible as manure buildup in stalls can lead to disease. Also, be aware of other animals coming onto your property that could transmit disease to your foals. And this includes other species. And any foal that seems unhealthy should be examined as soon as possible by a veterinarian. Waiting to see what happens is not a good plan with foals. Antibiotics are one of the main causes of a changing microbiome as antibiotics can wipe out healthy gut organisms and allow other unwanted organisms to proliferate, causing disease. So using antibiotics is not without possible side effects. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is gearing up for its annual big-time Texas Hunt Drawing. Jessica Domo tells how you can enter in today's wildlife report.
8: Texas hunters now have the opportunity to enter to win one of several unique hunting opportunities while also supporting conservation efforts like the restoration of desert bighorn sheep in West Texas. This year, there are 10 premium guided hunt packages offered in the Big Time Texas Hunts drawing. Kevin Mote, the Private Lands and Public Hunting Program Director for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says this year they are extremely excited to continue offering hunters an opportunity at once-in-a-lifetime hunting trips. This year's hunts include a drawing for an exotic safari, where the winner and a guest will have a chance to hunt Gemsbach and scimitar-horned oryx at Mason Mountain Wildlife Management area. The Texas Grand Slam offers the winner four separate hunts for Desert Bighorn Sheep, white-tailed Deer, Pronghorn, and Desert Mule Deer. There's also the Ultimate Mule Deer Hunt, which is a three- to five-day hunt for mature mule deer in the panhandle. Proceeds from Big Time Texas Hunts fund wildlife research, habitat conservation, and public hunting access. Those funds do things like brush control on thousands of acres across the state to benefit species like mule deer, pronghorn, and quail. Last year, the program raised $1. million. Big time Texas Hunt entries are available online for $9 each. At licensed retailers, they're $10 each. The deadline to enter is October 15th. Winners will be announced two weeks after the deadline. You can enter on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. Click on the tab that says Hunting and then Big Time Texas Hunts. Again, that's on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel.
2: The cattle market closed lower to end the week, but the cotton market exploded to the upside. We'll take a look at all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, everybody. This is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, every day on the radio, I have to report on how awful everything is in Texas agriculture right now. The heat, the drought, the markets. I just can't imagine how this is making you feel as a Texas farmer or rancher. Well, if it's getting to you, I want to ask you to give some friends of mine a call. It's called the Texas Stress Helpline. Here's the number, 833 833- 897-2474. 833-897-2474. Farmers and ranchers are some of the toughest people on earth, but hey, we all need help sometimes. If you just need somebody to talk to in these tough times, give them a call. 833 897 2474 Or if you can't write it down, go to farmlifehelp.com. Do me a favor, don't wait. Call them today.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
2: A lower close in the cattle complex to end the week on Friday. Both live and feeder cattle ending in the red with August live cattle down 37 cents, one forty twenty-two. The october down 60 14450 december live cattle down 45 at 150 62 feeder cattle closing lower august down 32 cents 179 62 september feeders down a dollar twenty two at 183 37 october down 85 at 186 even good week for cash fed cattle trade we've seen sharply higher prices here in Texas cattle selling as high as 140. That's three to four dollars higher compared to last week. Up north, live sales range from one forty-five to one forty-nine. Dress sales two thirty $230 to two thirty-five. Boxed beef was higher Friday. Choice up twenty-two cents, two sixty-three thirty-two. Select up two thirty-four at two thirty-nine sixty. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble and auctioneer Troy. While he sells cattle for us, let's
9: talk to Carl Herman from Caldwell Livestock Commission Company. Carl, how did your regular Wednesday sale go? Had a good sale yesterday. Uh, uh, We had uh, 1,100 head uh, for 137 consigners and 44 buyers on a higher calf market and cow market. I'm glad to report. Uh, uh, We had over 200 cows and bulls yesterday. Slaughter cows, 30 to 88. Slaughter bulls, 65 to 108. Stockered cows, 750 to 1,100. And pairs, 800 to 11 and a quarter. Uh, On the calf side, on the steers, 2 to 3 weight steers, 165 to 230. 3 to 4 weights, 174 to 225 four to five weights 160 to 197 five to six weight steers 151 to 170 six to seven weights 148 to 161 seven to eight weights 140 to 150 on the heifers two to three weight heifers brought 132 to 172 three to four weights 151 to 187 four to five weight heifers 151 to 182 five to six weights 145 to 170 six to seven weight heifers 137 to 154 and the seven to eight weights 116 to 157 uh, all all of these we, we have Really had a lot of good days yesterday, and had a lot of buyers, and and everything was active. Uh, we look forward to next week. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that next Wednesday sale in Caldwell. <clears throat> okay, my number is nine seven nine eight two zero five three four nine. Call the barn five six seven four one one nine. If you're in the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner at 540-8676. Carl, we appreciate you, and we'll talk with you next week. Yes, sir. Thank you, Larry. Bye mm, bye. Bye bye. Neighbor, thanks so much for listening to me, Larry Marble, and walking the pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I like it so much i'll do it again for you tomorrow until then good day to you god
2: bless see you down that road thank you larry back over to the futures market now we're lean hogs close lower on friday august hogs down 67 cents one twenty-one seventy-two. the october down the dollar five at 100 dollars two cents. class three milk was mixed with august milk up a penny 2014 100 weight september milk down 21 1989 100 The cotton market shot to the upside following Friday's USDA World Agricultural Supply and Demand Report. Many market watchers calling this a shocking report. USDA dropped their estimate of the 2022 cotton crop nearly 3 million bales, from 15.5 million down to 12.5 million. Domestic carryout dropping below the 2 million bale mark down to 1.8 million bales. That is the lowest domestic carryout we've seen since we've been keeping records going back to 1960. All of that making for a sharp move to the upside. Limit up move on the cotton market on Friday. October cotton up 400 points at 114.44. December cotton up 400 points, 108.59. The corn market added a dime following USDA's report. They cut the corn crop estimate from 14.5 billion bushels down to 14.359. September corn up ten and a half, closing at six thirty nine and three quarters. December corn up fourteen and a half, six forty two and a quarter. Not much movement in the hard wheat market. September Kansas City wheat unchanged, eight eighty nine and a quarter. New crop July down a quarter penny at eight ninety a bushel. Soft wheat, however, was lower. September Chicago wheat down four and three quarters, eight oh six. With new crop July down six and a quarter, eight forty two and three quarters. In the energy markets, September Natural Gas dropped 10 cents, 876, September crude oil down 255, 9179 a barrel. The financial markets higher again on Friday afternoon. The Dow up three hundred eighty-eight points, thirty-three thousand seven hundred twenty-four. The Nasdaq up two forty-five at thirteen thousand twenty-five. The SP up sixty-six, four $4,274. That wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag
1: Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information,